If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. Praise God. Uh, Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of John. Going to finish our series, Why Am I Here? And today I've got something really powerful to share with you. Man, what an amazing testimony. Isn't that beautiful? It's awesome. God is a healer, and he is the healing power that was released when they laid stripes on Jesus' back is still just as strong and effective today as it ever was from the very moment the first stripe was laid. Amen. And Jesus is seated in heaven on the mercy seat next to his Father, ensuring that that healing is still in full force, just like his forgiveness is still in full force, just like his grace is still in full force. Amen. Uh, But I also want to say, too, that today is a significant day for our church because today we are recording our first service to go on TV in Africa. And how cool is that? So we want to say hello to all of our friends in Africa. We're excited to be with you and uh, excited to be connected with you and excited about the kingdom of God that we can reach each other from across the globe through means of TV. Very happy uh, about that and to be with you. So, amen. So we're expecting great things. Um, mostly will be aired in South Africa, but uh, we've right now uh, this, this station is meeting, reaching somewhere around 7 million or so and growing. And uh, so we were asked to come on board and be a part of it. And so we're going to do that. Amen. So you guys sitting right here are reaching all the way across the globe and affecting another nation. Is that powerful or what? Amen. Another continent. So uh, did you guys turn to John yet? John chapter, did I tell you where to go? John chapter 16. And uh, I don't really have time to review all the things that we've covered um, in this series, but I I do want to invite you to go to onecausechurch.com, and we have a podcast button there, and you can click on that. Um, And then we have all of our sermons um, there free for you to download and to listen to. And I want to encourage you to do that, to to have a regular diet of these messages, not just on Sundays, but they're there to encourage you throughout your week, you know. Y'all realize we're Christians seven days a week. All right, all right. I want to make sure we're all on the same page there. This is like something we live, not something we attend. Okay, all right. Anyway, um, and so we freely give that out because I, we, we believe in the, in the message. We believe in the gospel of Christ. That's why our church is called One Cause Church, because we live for the one cause of Christ. You know, Jesus said, as he's standing before Pilate in John chapter 18, he says, for this reason I was born. It's for this cause that I came into this world. And it was for this cause. What cause is that? That Christ died for our sins. And Christ was buried. And Christ rose again from the dead three days later. And anyone who believes on him will receive everlasting life. Will be made new all over again. The scripture calls it being born again. When I was a kid growing up, our preacher said born again. But... You become a whole new creation. All your identity is wrapped up in the life and the person of Jesus Christ. And we believe that he is the only way to God. He said that. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Amen. Yeah, all roads are leading to God, but not all of them are leading to the Father. 
All of them will lead to a judgment seat. They all stand before God. But Jesus, the way that he is, that road is the one that leads us to the Father, into a right relationship with God, into the family of God. So, John, um, I want to just, I've just titled today's message, the last part of the series, The Bilingual Advantage. How many of you are bilingual in here today? Let me see your hands. Yeah, Chris, Chris and Mary Luke and Yonez, our good friends from Dallas, they just got back from Mexico, and, it's, and they're definitely bilingual. And so it's de- it certainly helped them in their ministry time to be able to know the language, because that's the language they, that's your first language, right, Spanish? Both saying, oh, you're that smart, huh? Okay, well, uh, maybe you should take the mic now. And <laughs> it's good to have you with us and, and their parents with us as well. Uh, but, but it's definitely an advantage to know the language. I know when I go to India and preach, I have to have an interpreter because I don't know that language. I don't even think I could even begin to know that language because it sounds like this. Something like that. But uh, it's just hard to, hard to get. But, and, and, and being bilingual can certainly help you in the workplace, definitely help you in ministry and all those kinds of things. But it is an advantage, right? It's an advantage if you can know two languages, if you can know many languages. Riley Burke, uh, daughter of Shane and Allison Burke, some of our children's workers here, she was in school, uh, registering for school, and they were filling out a little getting to know you little questionnaire, right? And so she, you know, they give, I guess, their favorite color and their name and all that kind of stuff. And do you, how many languages do you speak? Or are you, are you bilingual? And she said, yes. Her mother said, you're not bilingual. She said, yeah, mom, I speak in tongues and I speak in English. Right. I love this kid. It's great. Um, but this is, this is where we've come to in this, in this message series. The, the, uh, we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And last week, I gave you basically the theology of it, the big picture of what, why God gifted man with that. And it, was, it had to do with a curse that had been uh, instituted, I, I'll say, in Genesis chapter 11, uh, when God scattered the languages of men. He divided their languages, and the Scripture says that they were scattered all over the earth as a result. And it was a worldwide curse but God would not leave it that way. Just like he didn't leave sin and death to encompass the world and not have an answer, he gave an answer, which was his, Je- his son Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection, which reversed the curse of sin and death. And then water baptism was the, was the reversal of the curse of the flood, the worldwide flood. But the divided languages, that, lang- that curse was reversed on the day of Pentecost when the Scripture says that they appeared to them divided tongues. And these divided tongues, God took all those languages of the world that at one time divided men, and he made them one language, the language of the Spirit. And he brought that whole thing full circle. And as they began to speak in other tongues, the church was unified. It was no longer, this divided language no longer divided men. It united the church. It was really powerful. And 3,000 souls, the Scripture says, were added to the church. An amazing thing. And through the years and years and years and years, men have reasoned this out of their theology. They've reasoned it out of their belief system. They've reasoned it out. And the problem is you can't reason this gift. It is to be experienced by faith in God. Um, And and if, 
if you would like to, I don't have time to go into that whole theology of that, but I went pretty in depth on that, and you can check out the podcast. But today I'm going to just going to give you the advantages or the perks of praying in other tongues. How many of you are excited so far? Yeah. All right. So, I mean, think about it. All of us have this innate desire or th- thrill or satisfaction of having the advantage. You all, that's why you have that Groupon app on your phone, right? Because if you can get 40% off, if you can get 60% off, you get the advantage of a good deal, right? You hear that people talking about that, I got a really good deal on this car, right? Let me just say, that's probably not what happened, all right? In the car business, you lose. That's just how it goes, all right? <laughs> Unless somebody gives you one, I guess, but anyway, but you, hear, but you hear people talking about things like that because we like to let others know that we got an advantage or that we, you know, that we, we, were on, we got the upper hand. You like to tell your story about the sale. You got this certain item. I hear ladies talking like this. 75% off. Apparently, they put the wrong price tag on it, and I found it. So I'm special to a special deal. All right? like to have the advantage, and we're, but we're, it's in us from the very beginning. Think about it. Your very existence started with you in a race in which there were a million plus contestants. And the prize, the finish line was conception, and you made it. You got the advantage. You got the upper hand, right? So you started off that way. Your very beginning started with you Winning. Then as you begin to grow and increase in your mother's womb, as you grew and as you expanded, you pushed and pushed and pushed, and other things had to give way in there for you to have the advantage of growth and life and health and organs had to submit to you and mom, mom began to expand thanks to you. Her appetite changed thanks to you. Right? She started combining foods that normal people don't combine. And because that's what you wanted, that's what you were vying for. So she was eating things that she would never eat. My wife ate dirt on our first pregnancy. Dirt. Right? Leaving a friend, our friend's house. We just got through playing some board games over there. I go sit in the car. I'm waiting. I'm like, what? Is-? I look out. Her door's open. She's bent over on the ground. She's picking up dirt and eating it. I'm like, what? What are you doing? You're eating dirt. She says, this dirt, I don't know, it just smells so good. And she's, well, we talked to the doctor, and the doctor said, oh, that's normal. I said, no, that's not normal. If somebody eats dirt, right? He said, no, there's something in there that her body was craving. Well, it was the baby that was craving it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then the, and then the baby comes, and guess what? Everything's about the baby. Speaking of babies, um, uh, what's his name? Jason, Jason and Sarah Voss, they just had their baby girl. Help me with the name again. Eliana. Eliana. Huh? Eliana Marie was born on Friday. She was seven pounds, eight ounces. So, uh, yeah, great stuff. So they really understand what it's like to serve the baby, right? Everything is about that child, and they're going to get their way no matter what. You're going to change me now because I'm going to cry in such a way that you cannot ignore me. All right, you're going to pick me up now because I'm going to cry in such a way that you cannot ignore me. I'm going to, I need to eat now, right? So it's like in our nature to have the upper hand. 
to have the advantage. And then the child's not satisfied with just laying around anymore. Then they roll over, right? Do you remember the first time your child rolled over, right, from tummy to back or back to tummy, you know, and then you threw a big party and told all your friends about it, and like they even cared one about, oh, great, your baby flipped. Awesome, that's great. <laughs> Who cares? Anyway, and then, and then your baby made their way up on all fours, right? You remember that? That was an exciting time. And then they were pulling up, and before long, they're standing, and then they're walking before you know it. Why? All for this one reason, advantage. Advantage. And Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, let's look at verse 7. You thought I was never going to get to the scripture, didn't you? Mark chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now I try to imagine what the disciples were feeling or thinking when Jesus was saying these words to them. It's to your advantage that I leave you. Bless you. It's to your advantage that I go away. And, you know, in their minds, they're thinking, how is that advantageous for us? Are you kidding me? The things that we've experienced the last three and a half years, and now you're just going to leave us and you tell us that's for our good, that's to our advantage? How can that be? Because in their minds, they were thinking Jesus was here, the Redeemer of Israel was here, he was going to come and establish his kingdom, he was going to overthrow the Roman Empire, and he was going to set up his kingdom, and they were going to rule and reign with him right here, right now. They thought this was the timeline. As a matter of fact, even after Jesus rose from the dead, in Acts chapter 1, you see the disciples asking him, are you at this time now going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons, which the Father's put in his own power or his own authority, but you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses to me in Judea, Samaria, Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So, I mean, they, that's what they thought. So it didn't make any sense to them that he was leaving. It just, and so Jesus is telling them, though, it's to your advantage that I go. Why? Because it's one thing for Jesus to be with them, but it's a whole other experience for him to be in them. Right? So no longer would their experience be with Jesus following him around, watching him do what he does. Now he would be in them, and they would be like him, and they would be doing what he was doing. All right? A whole new experience. And with the Spirit of God being in them, that would give them the advantage. That would give them the advantage that they could lay hands on sick people and the sick people would recover. It would give them the advantage of this new tongue. He said, Sign, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out devils. It would give them the advantage over demonic forces. It would give them the advantage uh, uh, in speaking another language. And I I'm going to talk about the benefits, of, like I said, the advantages of that. New tongues, they will, they will take up servants. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So this, he's showing them their advantageous position by Believing in him and the Spirit of God dwelling in them. So, the Holy Spirit himself then, what he teaches us here, is our advantage in this world. With him. Now, the dictionary describes or defines um, advantage as this. Any state, circumstance, opportunity, or means especially favorable to success, interest, or any desired end. Benefit, gain, profit, a position of superiority. I like that. 
a position of spirit. So, so with the Holy Spirit living in you, you live in this state. This is good. Of, or circumstance or opportunity, especially favorable to success. To, uh, to interest or to any desired end. With him there is benefit. With him there is gain. With him there is profit. With him there is a position of superiority. Amen. John wrote that the Holy Spirit would guide us into all truth. Jesus also was quoted as saying that the Holy Spirit was our helper, as it says there, and our comforter. All right? So the sign or evidence that the Holy Spirit had come when he said, go and wait for the promise of the Father. He's coming. I'm leaving, but I'm sending him to you. And the sign that the Holy Spirit had shown up, and there were three things that happened in the initial day that had happened. There was this rushing mighty wind, and there was this flames of fire that set up on each of them, the Scripture says. But there was this other thing that happened, and they spoke in other tongues. And then after that day, every experience with the Spirit was speaking in other tongues. You never saw the fire again, never saw the rushing mighty wind again. The evidence of the Spirit coming upon someone was that they spoke in other tongues. It's, it's interesting to me. And I have to admit to you that it is, it is a bit strange, isn't it? Yeah. It is a bit strange to speak in tongues. I've been doing it all my life, and I still think it's strange. And always will because of the way the scripture describes it. It says the mind's unfruitful. The spirit prays, but the mind's unfruitful. So let's, let's go to a little bit of scripture. Is that okay? Come on, you guys with me so far. All right, so part of living your life under the influence of the spirit, and let me just say this, the spirit is here to influence you, not to, not to take over, not to control your life. And I mean that as in like enforcing, a, a, a breaching, I should say, the law of your free choice. All right? It's not going to do that. There's a lot of funny ideas about the activity of the Spirit. And I have to say that I grew up in a lot of funny ideas in the, <laughs> concerning the activity of the Spirit. And I appreciate a lot of it. I do. Some of it I don't so much. But because people would say things like that, I can't, couldn't help it. The Holy Ghost just got all over me. I couldn't help it. And I'm like, you couldn't help it? Couldn't help it? I mean, you couldn't help it. I mean, I appreciate your passion, but you mean... You mean God just did whatever he wanted to without you making a choice about it, without your will being enforced? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, there's a really powerful thing called sound mind. God has not given us spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. You know that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and with power and still think at, at the same time. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine that. Because I'm telling you, he gets credit for stuff he don't do. He just does. And so, and a lot of people have identified real spirituality by how long a church service is. Right? Oh, they just let the Spirit of God flow however. So they, they don't, they're not constrained by time. Constrained by time. Our whole lives are constrained by time, for one thing. Right? Now, hear me, let me talk to you for a moment. Some of you, I feel like you're looking at me sideways. But just let me talk to you for a second. Because God knows how to work in time. He invented time. He started it. Right? So God doesn't go, oh, oh. Time. I just don't know what to do. There's just not enough time. Right? 
That's just, those are funky ideas. So Paul, think about it. Well, we don't put any limitations on the Spirit. We, you know, if you, you won't put any. Okay, well, Paul did. When Paul, over in 1 Corinthians 14, says, uh, let there be two or three at most. Well, how can you limit God? Well, he's the apostle Paul. I guess he felt like that was okay to do. To along with all your zeal and your passion and letting the gifts flow, let it be done decently and in order. Right? Because God is not the author of confusion. Amen. These things are meant to help build the church, edify, not show people how spiritual we are or how weird we are. All right? Amen. Okay. Let's keep going. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 25 says this, but if we hope for what we do not see, I'm going to kind of go quickly here, okay? So buckle up. Um, oh, if you do have the Version Bible app on your, on your device, phone, iPad, whatever, uh, you can click on there, search One Cause Church, and uh, I have some notes that you can follow by. Romans chapter 8 says, but if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience or perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us, there he is, he's our helper, helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered or which cannot be put into words, our own words. It has to, he has to, be, has to be able to be uttered because the Scripture says that when you pray, your spirit prays, or as they prayed in tongues in Acts chapter 2, the Spirit gave them utterance. What that means is they can't be put into words that you understand. All right? The Spirit makes, now I want you to listen to this. He makes intercession for us. This is powerful. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he, inter, because he makes intercession for the saints. How? Read that out loud. According to the will of God. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, I don't know about you, but that really does something for me. That really helps me to know that when I pray in the Spirit, I am praying the will of God. Uh-huh. Now think about that. Because he says we don't always know what to pray as we, as we should. Right? And you hear things like this, well, we can really never know the, w- way, the will of God. Those ways are past finding out. No eye has seen and no ear has heard. Nor has entered the hearts and minds the things that God has prepared. But the very next verse says, but God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. His Spirit is there to help you know the will of God because He utters through your mouth the will of God. This is powerful. So think about this for a minute. It says that the Spirit is the one giving intercession. Now who is the Holy Spirit? Or what is the Holy Spirit? Well, He's not an it. He is a person. And as a matter of fact, he's not just a person, he is God. Yeah. All right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So think about this for a moment. The Holy Spirit is praying for you to God. God is praying to God for you. Amen. Wow. I like that. I like to know that God is praying for me. Amen. I have a feeling that prayer is going to get answered. Yeah. What do you think? I think he, that he knows obviously what to say, yeah. right? First yeah. John chapter 5, verse 14. Let's look at First John chapter 5, verse 14. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. Aren't you glad that we have scriptures like this? 
We have, we, this is the confidence that we have in Him. That's the thing about a relationship with God. There's assurance. There's confidence. There's yeah. peace. Amen. Amen. Now, this is that, we have, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Listen. Verse 15. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have asked of Him. Well, sometimes the Lord's answer is yes. Sometimes his answer is no. Sometimes his answer is wait. Sometimes his answer oh, hang, on, hang on. This says, and I, I know your little denominations teaches you those phrases, but let's see what the Bible says. He, who, he hears us when we pray, and we know whatever we ask, all right? Didn't say if and as long as, whatever we ask, as long as it's what? According to his will. And when you pray in the Spirit, how do you pray? So let me just piece all this together for just a moment. This, I think this can help us, all right? Because we don't always know what we should pray, but the Spirit always knows what to pray, all right? So when we pray in the Spirit, we pray the will of God. Check. When we pray the will of God, God hears us. Check. When God hears our prayer, we get our prayers answered, and Garth Brooks' song is no longer relevant. Right? He hears us. This, why in the world would we pray if it's just a crapshoot? Well, I'm going to roll the dice here, see if I can penetrate the floors of heaven. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Land on my number. Prayer's not a lottery. This is an assurance. You praise. This gives you confidence. Amen. That you can know that when you pray the will of God, that you get exactly. And when you pray in the Spirit, it is your assurance that you are praying the will of God. And this is why verse 20, 28 of Romans chapter 8 is so powerful. And we pull it, pull it out and use it as a standalone scripture. And it can be because it's an axiomatic truth. But it really, it's pretty much indicative on the prior verses, which is, and we know. And we know that all things work together for what? So what does that teach us? That when the Spirit of God prays the will of God, the will of God is good. The will of God is good for you. For those who are the call according to His purpose. So that means that whatever challenges we face, whatever tragedies that we experience, whatever situations that we endure, we can know that no matter what, what kind of situation we find ourselves in, if we'll submit to God here, if we'll pray in the Spirit, if we'll pray what God, say what God has said, then we will experience good in the end no matter what because that is God's ultimate goal for you. You, you hear me? I want you... Uh, Michael, would you bring up Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11? I want you to see just how invested God is in good for you. All right? For just a moment, I'm, I'm a little off subject, but I, I, it, this is really good. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 says, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come. God, Christ came as high priest of the good things to come. So one of the things that Jesus is doing for us as our high priest, that is as our representative before the Father, as our advocate, is that he is seated there to ensure that good things come to you. This is powerful. That's what makes the gospel so splendid. Because it's utter good news. Have you heard good news lately? Right? This world will offer what seems to be good news, and then you find out 
the other shoe hasn't dropped yet. Right? But the gospel is this. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again from the dead. Whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. That's it. That's it. For by grace you're saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Wow. It's beautiful. So since the gospel of, is good news and good news only, then everything in the gospel, everything about the gospel is good. The fruit of the gospel is good. All right? Now let's finish up here with 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul is here to bring some instruction as well as correction to the church concerning their, their zeal for the gifts of God and, and for the speaking in tongues and prophesying and all those things. And he comes and sets things in order concerning how it's ministered in church specifically. And verse 2, Paul teaches us something about tongues. And he says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. See, there it is. That's what I'm saying. This is... What a bilingual advantage we have. We can talk to God in our own understanding, and we can talk to God in the Spirit. Either way, it's another way that we can connect to Him. I would say that that's an advantage. If that's something He's offering, then I want that. Amen. For he speaks in a tongue, does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Or if you look at the, the, the meaning of that word in the Greek, it means the secrets of God. Wow. So God's not hiding his secrets. He's revealing his secrets by his spirit. All right? So a couple of things there we get from that verse. A couple of advantages. We speak to God. And number two, we speak the secrets of God. All right? Number three. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. But he who speaks in a tongue edifies who? Are you awake out there? He who speaks in a tongue edifies who? Himself himself, himself, but he prophesies edifies the church. Wow, that's interesting. Anybody need a little bit of building up in your life? You need a little bit of encouraging? You need some exhortation? You need some strengthening? Pray in the Spirit. Because that, that does that for you. It restores, it repairs, it builds you up, it encourages you, right? It's, God did not give us this gift so that we would be freaks in the world. All right? There's a purpose for it. There's a power in it, and it builds you up on your... And Jude later said it in, in Jude 1, which is only one chapter. It says, but you, my beloved brethren, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. Verse 14 of chapter 14. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians. It says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. There it is. But my understanding is unfruitful. That's why I'm saying this is not something that can be reasoned. It just has to be experienced by faith. And it happens because your spirit is doing the praying. All right? It's not you just trying to make up funny words. It's your spirit is praying. It's kind of interesting that you never see any scriptural example as when someone did receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when they did speak in other tongues, the disciples were like, I don't know, if they're making that up, I don't know. That sounds fake, man, I don't know. No, it's, it was always confirming to them. They were, because last I checked, we were believers. 
Not scrutinizers, not doubters, believers. Jesus said these signs follow believers, all right? So when someone speaks in a tongue, that's a good thing. So that's an evidence that you actually are saved because believers speak in tongues. Wow, how cool is that? So if ever you're questioning where you stand with God, pray in tongues. Oh, yeah, yeah. I am born again. I am a believer. Amen. All right, let's keep going. Look, so this says, this says, our spirit prays. He said, but my, my understanding is unfruitful. That is, it's a, our spirit's praying apart from my understanding. So our mind is not engaged here. This is not something that we're conjuring up. This is something that is flowing out of our spirit. Jesus said it like this in John 7, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. All right, it's interesting. Out of your, or out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water. But your understanding is unfruitful. How, how many of you have ever prayed in the Spirit and found, out, found that your mind wandered while you did that? Just raise your hand. Look at me here, okay? You prayed in the Spirit, found that your mind wandered while you did it, right? Right? And what's the, one of the first things you start feeling bad, right? Start feeling bad about, start feeling unspiritual. Apparently, I'm not spiritual enough that my mind's thinking about food or thinking about something else, being somewhere while my spirit is, I don't know, why, why are these, because this, Paul just taught us, hello, your mind's unfruitful. You can't expect your mind to receive from it because it doesn't understand it. So if your mind wonders, that ought to actually encourage you. Because as I'm speaking to you today, my mind's not wondering because it has to be processing this communication to you and I got to be thinking about the words I'm going to be saying and forming those things and saying them too but when I'm praying in the spirit my mind wonders that tells me something this isn't me doing this this is something going on from the well that's inside of me that's as practical as I know how to tell you I mean it's it's powerful and so you know don't be don't don't fall into condemnation if your mind starts wandering pray in the spirit just let it wander or read the scripture or something while that happens you know but it's funny we get kind of funky about it right and thinking about i got to picture something spiritual while i'm praying in tongues i got to picture a bible open and light coming off of it or jesus in the manger with a halo over his head or i got to think about him on that throne or something powerful and so i can really feel like i'm i'm engaged but it has nothing to do with your mind your mind's fruitful. Just pray in the Spirit. It's that simple. All right. Verse 15. He says, he says, but my, I said, when I pray in the Spirit, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What is the conclusion? And, and sadly enough, people come to a conclusion when they think about their mind being unfruitful or, the, or they can't reason it. They come to the conclusion then, well, then I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't understand it. I ain't doing something I don't understand. not supposed to get that quiet right but what does Paul say he didn't say well I'm not doing it then what does Paul say what's the conclusion then well here's the conclusion I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding I will do both I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with the understanding isn't that beautiful Right? I'm not going to cut one thing out just because this mind can't get it. Obviously, something deeper than my mind can comprehend is going on. So guess what? I'm going to do both things. Pray without my understanding and pray with my understanding. Is this beautiful or what? All right? So here's the thing. And I want you to notice a word that is repeated often in this verse, will. 
will, will, will. That's why I was trying to say earlier when somebody says, I just couldn't help it. The Holy Ghost just got all over me. Just took over me. Right? Really? Because Paul says, I will, I will, I will, I will. God set this law up a long time ago. You choose. You have a mind. Make the choice. And he's not going to just barrel in there and say, I'm taking over. Give me that tongue. (laughs) Now, Now you're really experiencing something powerful. Right? Huh? Come on, let's, let's, let's think about this. We can experience the wonderful things of the Spirit, the power of this tongue, by choosing to do it. Choosing to start, choosing to stop. All right? But with that, with that choice, I want to say, choose to do it and choose to do it a lot. Paul said, I thank my God I pray in tongues more than you all. He must have been doing that all the time to be able to make a statement like that. Every author of a New Testament book spoke in other tongues. And every church that they wrote to spoke in other tongues. Hmm. So maybe the way that we're going to understand this whole thing and have the revelation of God's love and His Word and all these things are going to come through this beautiful gift of praying in other tongues. That's why the Spirit-filled church is the most thriving church in the entire world. The entire world. It's the fastest growing, largest church in the world. Saved, Spirit-filled, believing churches. Right? Because the truth is, people have come to find out, there's more. I'm missing something. There's more. There's got to be more than just doing the duty of being in church and being a good this and that and There's got to be something. There's life. There's something I'm missing. Even Paul said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, Paul didn't say that they didn't have the Spirit of God because you do. When you believe on Christ, you you receive His Spirit. But there's another experience to be experienced in the Spirit. That is this beautiful thing called tongues. All right? So what that teaches us, and that verse says that, and that is that we are in control when we pray in the Spirit. Amen. Verse 16. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place or occupies the the church there of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks? Isn't that interesting? Paul taught us something about praying in the Spirit, that it's a prayer of thanksgiving to God. How does he know that it's thanksgiving? I don't know. Maybe he prayed for the interpretation. How can they say amen at your giving thanks since he doesn't understand what you say? Now look what he says. For indeed you give thanks well. Oh, man, you're all about praying in the Holy Ghost, but nobody's edified in it. Right? So there's a way to do it where all can receive edification. So here he says, he says, you give thanks well. Isn't that interesting? Can you go to one more scripture for me? Go to Acts chapter 2. I'll finish with this this verse. He says, you give thanks. That's, That's really powerful to me. You know, one of the greatest prayers that you can pray, if you don't know what to pray, say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you. That... Hebrews 13 says that let us offer continually the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name. All right? Giving thanks to God. Amen. Your prayers ought to just be inundated and saturated with thanksgiving. Philippians teaches us uh, um, something. Teaches us a lot of good things. 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. All right? With all of the prayers and all the requests, with thanksgiving. Why? So that you stay in faith because thanksgiving is your expression of faith. Why are you thanking God if you're just now asking Him for it? Because you can believe that when you ask Him for it, you receive what you get. So you thank Him in advance because you know that you have, that's the confidence. That's what I'm saying. That's the confidence that we have when we pray. That's why we can pray and say thank you. We don't wait to the end to say thank you. We say thank you in the beginning because we know what's done. Amen. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That word utterance is one-time Greek word in the Scripture, and it's found right here. And it would take me half an hour to pronounce it. It's a long, long, long word. Starts with A and ends with I, I think. Anyway, but it says this. And it's the word, it's the word utterance, and it means this, to speak out, to speak forth, pronounce. But this other part is what really gets me. Not a word of everyday speech but one belonging to dignified and elevated discourse. Now that again speaks to us about the wisdom of God, that it looks so different from the wisdom of man. Because let's just be honest about it. People who speak in tongues, they don't sound like, that does not sound like dignified and elevated discourse to me. It sounds like Fred Flintstone. <laughs> yeah, but da ba Right? It doesn't make any sense. Right? You think about it. The scripture says this is dignified and elevated discourse. And to us, it sounds like blah, 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 blah. But again, the wisdom of God is not the wisdom of man. And, and dignified and elevated discourse is a prayer of thanksgiving, apparently. It's the highest expression of prayer to God. A prayer of thanksgiving. If the Holy Spirit is praying thanksgiving prayers, then I think that's probably important. Hmm? So all of these things that we've just seen at this point concerning the Spirit of God, I want to remind you, God came up with this. And He's not the author of confusion. So He didn't do this to freak everybody out, to divide people. But really... To love us. To love us and to reveal his very secrets to us through this language. Amen. I want to invite you today to take advantage of this advantage. And, you know, there's more of God for all of us to experience. And I've been praying for you. The staff has been praying for you all this week about this service. That God would stir, that there would be a hunger stirred up in you for this experience. And we're going to give you an opportunity to receive the baptism of the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues today. You know, some of you just need to take that step. You need to push past that fear, that, that wall, that barrier, that has been holding you back. And take courage and, take, and move past that. Luke chapter 11, let me just say this. How many of you believe that when you, when you, when you confess Jesus as Lord of your life, when you believed on Him, that at that moment you were born again? How many of you believe that? That when you ask for Jesus to come and live inside of you, that that's exactly what happened? Yeah. 
All right? Nobody has any doubts about that. All right? A lot of the doubting happens, though, about this. We pray for the gift of the Spirit and go, oh, I don't know. Is that me making it up? I don't know. Hey, it's God giving it to you. This is nothing to be afraid of. But this ha- you're just going to have to believe it. To go beyond what you know and believe this and receive this experience. So it's not about that. It's about faith in God. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus said, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So if you pray for the Holy Spirit, chances are real good that that's exactly what you're going to receive. All right? So that's the assurance. That's the confidence that you can have. Now, so if you're here today and you want to experience this for your own life, I want you to just raise your hand. What I'm going to do here, I'm going to just tell you how, I'm going to, how we're going to do this. And this is what we did in the earlier service, is that I'm, I'm going to dismiss our service. But I'm going to be up here, and if you today want this experience, I want to pray with you. Or if, or if you just need to be renewed in it. Maybe you did it at one time, or, or it's pretty scarce in your life, and you just want a fresh experience in it. I want to invite you to come as well had a man who had been praying for years, for years, for this experience. And this morning, he received that experience today. Spoken, I mean, just like that. And when I was a kid, it was like we had to really labor for this kind of thing to happen, right? It was, we called it tarrying in the Lord, right? But when I read the scriptures, I don't see that happening. I just see them laying hands on people and then praying in other tongues. So I told God, I want the scriptural experience, not what I grew up doing. I want what the Bible says. When I was in South Africa at the prophetic uh, camp, I preached a message something like that. And, I, and, and in that kind of atmosphere, you can almost assume that people are filled with the Spirit, but I had several stand. Just stand right where they were. And I said, we're going to pray and you're going to just start praying in other tongues. And just where they stood right there, they stood up. And they just started praying in, in, in tongues, just one after the other, one after the other, one after the other, one after the other. I'm like, this is the way it's supposed to be, all right? So you want to have this experience. I want to invite you to come up. I want to do what the disciples did um, a few different times, that they laid hands on them and they received the gift of the Spirit. But this says, the scripture, this last scripture we looked at was that how much more will the, your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And if you're here today and say, Pastor Eric, I want that experience, then we're gonna, I'm going to have you come up here. We'll pray for it, lay hands on you. You're going to get filled with the Spirit and going to experience a whole new dimension of your relationship with God. So let's stand together as we get ready to be dismissed. Please come today. Please come today. This Your heart's crying out for this, and I want to help you connect to God in this way. Father, I thank you for your blessing now upon your people. We thank you for the spirit of the living God. We thank you for the gift that you have given us in this baptism of the spirit. Father, I thank you for all of your promises that they are in Christ Jesus. Yes and amen. Your blessing is on your people as they go out of here today and they carry a message, a message that has the power in it to save people and their household. And that is that Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day. Whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the opportunities that they have to be ministers out there in the marketplace with their families, their friends, wherever they go, to share that message of life, to help someone have a God encounter. 
Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the blessing of peace and grace now be multiplied to your people from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 a.m., 11 a.m., or 1 p.m., and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Please visit onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at One Cause Church. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.